Here we are, Jen Silbernagel. Another week and another great show planned. How are you today? I'm good, Gary. How you doing? I am doing awesome. We got some really cool stuff planned uh, and some hot topics. And we're very, very fortunate to have uh, Ben Serlin, one of our own. Uh, he's also a realtor and home inspector. So we thought it'd be a great conversation to talk to Ben today uh, as we kind of get back into doing more home inspections and just seeing what he's uh, been up to as well. We should, yeah, we should I roll love the it. intro. Yeah, let's do, let's get the intro and then we'll get to Ben. All the good stuff. Sounds good. Beautiful. I still love that intro every time. Thanks to whoever made that. I know. Dylan, Dylan Silvernagel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he does. He does good work. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. So we're gonna here's what here's our topics for the day. Let's drop them early so people know what they're tuning in for. Um, we're gonna talk about mm -hmm. irrevocable. What it means? Uh, can you retract? an offer. Uh, we're going to talk about the insurance clause, the pre-printed insurance clause uh, that is in the purchase and sale agreement. We're going to talk about that because I actually had firsthand experience as a buyer and a seller's agent on what that uh, what's happening with that. So uh, lots of good stuff there. And then uh, form uh, 127. Uh, Jen, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that and best case scenario, not best case scenario. What am I trying to say? Best use, best practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. That one's always an interesting one, right? The what's the best way to use it. So I, I think it's a, it's a good topic to cover for sure. Good, good. Well, as promised, we have a guest on the show today and uh, we've known Ben for a couple of years now. And one of the cool things as we get to know Ben more and more is not only is he, you know, an up and coming agent and doing some pretty amazing things, but he has a really cool background in home inspections and taking care of uh, his buyer clients, seller clients. And I thought it'd be good to have uh, Ben on the call today to talk to him about not only why home inspections are important, but how it protects us as agents. Speaking of form 127, Jen, and that's a nice segue. And, and also yeah. obviously protecting the clients that we work for. So without further ado, I, let's bring Ben Serling on the call and a uh, big hello to you, Ben. And thanks for being with us to this afternoon. Hi guys. Thank you so much for having me. This is super awesome. I'm a big fan of the show and of course of you guys. So this is going to be a lot of fun for me today. Very good. <laughs> That's Very awesome. good. So Ben, you've, you've been with KW not for a terribly long time, but is it, it's going on about two years now, right? Maybe a little bit more than that? Rounding two years. Yeah, I, I believe um, in February, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, fantastic. So you guys are great there, yeah. Ah, uh, very yeah. good, very good. And, and talk to us a little bit about who Ben Serlin is. For those that don't know, who who's Ben? And, and, and the most important question, Jen, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? <laughs> Let's hear it. Serlin. Serlin, that's exactly right. <sighs> Nailed it. Exactly. Okay, show's done. Better, better, than, done. better than a lot of people. <laughs> We're not so, going to um, top that, Gary. Let's just go home. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Ben Serlin is, so I if you want the background right so previous to uh to me being a realtor i was i've been inspecting now oh gosh it's been since 2014 
I believe, when I got my certification. And previous to that, I was in renovation, interior renovation. So I, you know, nice little background there. And um, that's it. Just kind of every day doing all these things, right? Having fun with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> and and what was the, what was the what was the thought process or the idea? Perhaps you saw a business opportunity uh, to start doing home inspections to help people. What what was behind that motivation? For sure. So. Um, the deal was like with uh, with construction with renovation, right? It was it was a good it was a good ride. I learned a lot, uh, but it sort of came to the point where it was it was long, very long days, right? Like early days, long days, back breaking labor, that type of stuff, right? So I sort of came to a point in my life where I said, "What's next, right? Which way do you do you go, right? Kind of like a fork in the road," and. Um, I've always been interested in real estate and the industry. Um, for one reason or the other, I went, I decided to be an inspector, right? Because the way that I did the math was, okay, here's how many realtors there are in Ontario. Here's how many home inspectors there are, right? Like, <laughs> <cha-ching>, right? <laughs> and so then I had gone back to school and got my certification and yeah. Very good, very good. Yeah. Jen. Throwing throwing a couple of questions but to Ben before we start asking him some quirky home inspection <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, I guess one of the one of the main questions that just to get the general information out of the way, um, you know, I know that quite a few of our agents at the brokerage use you as a realtor as a home inspector as well. So, you know, where what areas do you cover? Like, how does that business work compared to a real estate business? For sure. So predominantly, I cover Toronto and GTA. Um, if someone really wants me to go out further than that, then I, I do, right? Um, you know, I just charge accordingly for the distance. Um, mm-hmm. That's generally how it would go, right? Um, yeah. It's, yeah, pretty straightforward in that sense, right? Okay. Yeah. And when you're working with um, with buyers, usually doing home inspections, unless it's a pre pre home inspection that you're doing for a seller, what do you what are those conversations look like? Like, how do you prepare a buyer for all of the the minor stuff that's going to come up in a home inspection versus, you know, the big the big issues that are going to come up? How do you how do you set that expectation or or do you leave that up to us as the realtors to have that conversation? It's really interesting because it's it's a crapshoot when it comes to this kind of stuff because I think it depends on the kind of client you're dealing with, right? Like yeah. you have the entire spectrum, right? There's the people who I've I've had every type of client that you can imagine, right? There's people who just say, okay, go do it and don't even show up and just send me the report. And there's people who come and like literally are breathing down my neck the entire inspection and are asking me a million questions about what's this, what's that, right? And Right? And it yeah. also depends on, so I typically, the way that I conduct my business is I try not to be an alarmist, right? Everyone does it differently because in the home inspection industry, um, there's no uh, one way to do something, right? Um, and mm-hmm. because it's largely unregulated um, in Ontario, we so we have a standards of practice that we should be following, right? Uh, but right. because on, the Ontario government doesn't oversee home inspectors so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the wild west in that sense right where i can have one opinion and then another inspector can have a different opinion right um so 
So it really depends, right? Um, I try to educate my clients. Like if people come, the buyers show up. As if they walk with me, I always encourage people to come on the inspection with me so I can hopefully alleviate some of the questions that they would ask the realtors where they might otherwise not know. Right. So it's, it's always different in that sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as a, as a home inspector, I mean, you and I've had this conversation before you've done a few inspections for me and we've talked about, you know, the, the basic wear and tear of a property versus you know the 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 big issues the electrical the mechanical the structural the big you know negotiating points right so not being an alarmist but still having to highlight you know everything that shows up like how do you decide like i've always wondered this this might be a really weird question but how do you decide as an inspector like what goes in your report and what is just standard home condition or standard wear and tear that doesn't need to get to get notified right so because i know over the years, I've had some at home inspectors who flag every single thing and like, it's crazy, right? They're just like these little, little tiny things. And if you've got a buyer that's a little nervous, that really scares them getting a report with full of issues. And yet, you know, you're still kind of obligated to disclose. So how do you, how do you balance that? For sure. And that's a really great question. And so it's interesting because in my personal practice, like over the years, I've sort of refined um, the report itself. And that's why I, I generally recommend for the client to actually show up to the inspection so I can go through with them. Like, let's say if things are not going to be in the report, things like to me, what's minor is let's say, you know, a, a, a doorstop not being on the door. Like that's hopefully something that won't be a deal breaker for people. <laughs> so, you never know, Ben. You never know. Exactly right. And so, so what happens is like, for things like that, if I was to put them on the report, I would just place them under minor um, uh, importance, right? Like the way that I do it is I, I in, mentally, I split in my head things that would be a deal breaker. Let's say things that are foundational or structural nature, right? And they would go in the top of the list, right? And that if the client shows up, it allows me to communicate to them the degree right. of importance of things, right? Right. Yeah. And hopefully that yeah. even the most even the most nervous buyers, this would hopefully calm them down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and alternatively, like I'm always available after the report is done and I ship it off. People can call me anytime. Right. If they have any questions, they're always aware that, you know, I'm a phone call away. And if they're freaking out about something, they can just call me. We can have that conversation. Right. And, yeah. And I liked the line of your questioning, Jen. What? As, as a buyer, when buyers come in and use your services, the question that I have is, what do you wish all buyers knew before they started a oh, home inspection? <laughs> you know, like, what do you wish that they came already knowing? This is for me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> that's a good question for sure. Um... I wish that they knew that I can't uh, see through walls. I don't have x-ray vision. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> no x-ray um, vision. It, well, it's interesting. Man, your stock's because, going down, my man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, it's, it's, actually, it's actually quite interesting because yeah. with all of my, you know, my tools and the technology and this and that, there's, there will 
if something is undiscoverable, like you, you know, there's no, there's no, not enough signs to be able to tell, right? Because a home inspection is an investigation, right? And mm-hmm. I'm even with all the tools at my disposal, technically speaking, it's an, it's a, it's an observational inspection, right? Like I'm not opening up walls and this and that, right? Um, it's funny because when I, when I had first started around 2014, it was still the time where, um, that show with uh, Mike Holmes, you know, was, was on. Oh yeah. Holmes, Holmes on Holmes. Yeah. Well, no, well, that particular one was called Holmes inspection, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And the gotcha. premise there was, and the premise there was that they would go in, you know, and they, there would be something wrong with the house and they would start tearing stuff open. And that's where the, a lot of the confusion, there was a lot of confusion in that time period because as I would do inspections, then they, people would get surprised. And I've had people reference that show to me, and I'm like, well, first of all, it's a TV show, you know? And so, right. And so something along these lines. Yeah. But I think nowadays people are have become more informed, right? And so they, yeah. they I, I typically don't have issues with that kind of stuff, right? Um, especially people that are first-time buyers typically do show up to the inspection because they're excited and they're nervous and all that type of stuff, right? And so it allows me, I feel like I've refined my, the way that I explain things, right? So mm-hmm. to give people at, um, the idea of, um, to set the precedent for the inspection, let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now that, that's yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. And I totally so, get it. Not being able so, to see through uh, walls is a big deal. <laughs> exactly. So if you don't know, now you know. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. it's, it's and, funny. So go ahead, Jen. No, no. I was just going to say you, you use like the thermal gun and all that stuff. Like you use a drone to check the roof. Like you're, you're you're at a high level on the technology scale of, you know, how you make things accessible that some sometimes wouldn't be accessible otherwise. Right. So even with all of that, you know, it it is funny that buyers still expect you to know what's behind the drywall. Right. It always, uh, always makes me laugh. Yeah. Sorry. That was it. Gary. That drone is a godsend because when I first started, like for the first little while, I would like haul on the roofs and like I'm not, I'm not generally a fan of heights, but you know if you gotta go up there, you gotta go up there, right? Because it's part of the job. Yeah. But then when I when I discovered drones, I'm set, you know, keep me grounded. Yeah. And and the the good thing about the drones too, actually, is that it. Because you know roofs have different pitches, and if if a roof is has too high of a pitch, and I couldn't even um, go up there on a ladder, the drone allows me to have a 360 view of that roof, so it's an added benefit, you know, on top of yeah. everything else. Yeah, now that's amazing. Yeah. So, what when when you're you when you're using a drone, is it uh, again? It's it's just what the camera picks up. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for any visual defects or, or possibilities of what could go wrong in the future. Um, how in depth is, are, are you looking when you're using a drone? Oh, super in depth. So my yeah. drone has a, a 4k camera. Yeah, for sure. Like it has to be nice and, and clear picture. Right. So it's cause it's my eyes up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm looking for, well, of course the, the, the usual stuff, um, you know, any, anything that's, anyone with a naked eye could see, right? Uh, torn off shingles, things of that nature. Uh, but depending on the on the roofing material itself, like most commonly, obviously, we have asphalt shingles. Yeah. I'm looking for things like wear and tear, granular loss, right? Things that would start to show the age of the roof, 
to sort of prepare people um, like while if the roof doesn't need replacement right now, you know, if, if in the next couple of years it's just starting to get up there, then that's something that's a conversation to be had. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. For I, sure. I'm going to put you on the spot. And if you want to deflect to Jen, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, you know, oh boy. <laughs> for, for pretty much probably everyone watching, they're either a real estate agent, uh, aspiring to be an agent, or perhaps, you know, maybe they're a buyer themselves. Are, are there any quick things that as you walk up to a property that you're already scanning for that you wouldn't mind sharing with us? Like whether it's the grade of the property or the roof, for instance, like what's, what's that quick first scan of a property with that you first get? Sure. To that I, yeah. I always, I always, every time, right? Like when I get out of the car, I'm in inspection mode right away. Or the first thing that I, the first thing funny that I usually do is because I pull up right on the driveway, as I get out, a common problem with driveways is that they start to they start to sink like the the asphalt starts to sink from the garage slab and so i look at those mm-hmm. because those those can be trip hazards right so i start there i start and then after i zoom out typically my process before i send the drone up because the roof is the first thing i generally inspect before i send the drone up i'll go with my binoculars i'll go like up the street farther up and i'll just check with my binoculars first right because they're two different kind of views you get right Mm-hmm. And so when I when I move back, right, when I just kind of zoom out of the house, I'm looking at the lines, making sure that things are straight and plumb as far as I can tell, right? Um, I get a, that, a, a small. That's a good point there. Sorry, Ben. Like people don't yeah. people often don't relate or maybe underestimate even where the house is located on the street, whether it's right. down the hill, up the hill, like talk to us a little bit about what that can do to a property. If it's down the hill a little bit from, from a water perspective. For sure. Mm-hmm. So great grading can be an important aspect, right? Cause it's, it will also set the precedent. So if a house is on a sitting on a slope, I go, okay, this is, these are the things that I need to look out for now. Right. Because the foundation, if it's if it's if the slope of the grading of the house is on the downhill, let's say, the foundation will have something called like step uh, step foundation, right? So they'll kind of look like steps. So they're 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 more prevalent to sort of cracking the ground um, the from the rain, right? The rain can sometimes wash the grading away, right. and then things can start to move. So there's a lot of a lot more things you have to sort of pay attention to, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And and I know as you know as realtors we're excited it's a beautiful home but you know where it's located in the on the street the subdivision can have a huge factor into the foundation issues and everything Absolutely. else right Absolutely sure and so now being on on this part of the transaction right cause before I became an agent I was I had just submitted the report and that was it I didn't hear anything up right and so now being on this part of the conversation as well it becomes really interesting right Yeah um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. during during the many inspections that you've done, you ever like pop the door open to something that kind of surprised you or pop the attic on something you're like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> like whether it's structurally or or just weird stuff in the homes. Those I, those are the stories that I'm sure kind of stick out, yeah. I, I absolutely I absolutely do. And a few things actually come to mind. So I I had one time oh, excuse me, opened an attic patch. And I found there was like a bunch of very strange looking dolls. Okay. 
Some of them were mannequins. Some of them looked like they came right out of uh, the movie. Um, what was that? The It movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I found like medieval tools and like super old newspapers. I've uh, I actually walked into a, I was inspecting this one house. It was in Toronto, I believe. And I walked into the bedroom and these these people had um, like a wall of exotic animals. So there was all kinds of snakes and tarantulas and like, yeah. So like that, live you, ones? La, of course, yeah. They were <laughs> I'm picturing like really ugly wallpaper. <laughs> that would have been, yeah, that would have been funny. No, but it was like that. And so you could be rest assured that room oh, was man. very quickly inspected. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Oh, no, that no would weird. terrify me crazy dog I, attacks or or cat attacks or anything like no, that <laughs> you know what it's 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 interesting because i'm very good with animals and i love animals and so it, it has for sure happened where i i've gone on inspection that the the dogs would be roaming around the house but we sort of kind of made good connections and yeah. they left me alone and let me you know i've actually had yeah. i've had um kids so there would sometimes be the, the families at home I've had the kids follow me around, like glued to me during the entire inspection. I've had the dogs also follow me around. It's just, it's been quite funny. Actually, I've had it happen a few times where I, I've done an inspection and the family was home and they had invited me like to sit down for lunch, you know. With them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're hoping that your inspection goes well so the home sells. Yeah. Some good times. That's funny. I think I think you lost Mary on the snakes. If there's snakes in the house, <laughs> snakes in a plane, yeah. snakes in the house, she's gone. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. wild. No. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. funny, funny. I think perhaps mm -hmm. the question that we we should have asked earlier, perhaps, is you know, I for for some of us that you know maybe you're a newer agent and you haven't gone through this whole inspection process because of the way the market's been over the last number of months, and now as you kind of ease back into it. The length of an of an inspection, obviously, it's relatable to the size of the home. But even your typical, you know, three bedroom townhouse home is still what a, a few hours, right, Ben? A couple totally, hours. yeah, yeah, a couple hours, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. If you're not thorough, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the length and the length can certainly depend on if you know if the clients are there with you. If they're asking five questions or a hundred, you know, and this type yeah. of stuff. And so, and if you do, if the house is older, like the age of the home certainly has to do with, with the length as well, because in older homes, there's more to see, there's different materials, there's more potential um, areas for issues, right? So like, let's say if I'm, you know, if I'm doing an inspection and I find something that I'm like, okay, maybe there's something here. So I need to go either outside or somewhere else to figure it out and to put the pieces together. It's like a puzzle basically, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and in, in wrapping up here, just a moment here, Ben, too, um, sure. as as the market kind of shifts a little bit where we do have that opportunity, perhaps to get back to putting home inspections in our in our purchase and sale agreements uh, from the buyer's perspective. Over the last number of months, have you been doing more pre-inspections, whether it's prior to a submitting an offer or maybe a house that's being listed and, and the seller wants to provide a pre-inspection report? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, actually. So. In this seller's market, um, it's mostly been pre-listing uh, inspections, right? Um, so yeah. it's 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 a great tool. I, it's hard to you know to gauge how much 
a pre-listing inspection does help because in a very hot seller's market, we saw that nobody even, well, not nobody, but a lot of people, you know, just overlooked um, the inspection as a whole, right? Um, one the good practice that I recommend to people typically is to buyers is to do, so this is something that I do, um, you know, for people who, who want it is to, if they're really interested in the house, to call me and I'll come with them, let's say for that hour showing and I check the major systems and components, right? So we were talking about major versus minor issues, right? Because minor issues, it's yep. whatever, right? So yeah. that, was, that was good practice during the sales market. And now that we're, you know, in some areas seeing the shift starting to happen, um, yeah. it's it's starting to, people are starting to be able to do uh, the inspections in the clause and the conditions, right? So, yeah, which is great. And it's, it's actually even more interesting that during a balanced market, um, I find that while some people actually still do pre-listing inspections in a balanced market, for whatever reason, a lot of buyers don't trust that and still want to get their own um, inspection done. Whereas mm -hmm. in a seller's market, or in, the, in the seller's market, they just take the word of the, of the report of the pre-list report, right? Which is quite funny. So. Yeah. Well, they don't have a choice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Very Better good. than nothing. Right? Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And this is uh, the best way for people to get a hold of you, Ben, is, um, you know, there's your Instagram handle. But uh, if, if people wanted your services as a home inspector, is that one way to get a hold of you or, or what's the best way? For sure. They can go on there. Yeah, my phone number is on there. It's also 416-893-7466. They can just call me, shoot me a text. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. So far, I've uh, been told to get on TikTok, so maybe I'll do that as well. <laughs> so. And start right. a podcast. There yeah. you go. Ben, yeah. this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, your expertise this afternoon, and uh, and being Ben. I mean, they're one, I hate to say it, I'm not going to say this out loud, you're one of our faves. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, it's, you know, the real estate industry, whether you're an inspector, realtor, what have you, it's all about experiences. And I know, Ben, just by watching your social media, you're providing amazing experiences for your clients, whether it's, you know, however you're serving them. So keep that up and uh, have an amazing rest of the year, my friend. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was a blast. Very good. Thanks. Bye. Ben. Take care. Ben Serlin, everybody. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, we always talk about how we service our clients and whether it's with knowledge or being around and, and, and putting the right people in, in touch with them. Uh, Ben's one of those mm -hmm. good guys for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, he's done inspections for quite a few people at the brokerage and in the coaching program and even myself and that, and he's just so, he's just does such a good job, right? He's so thorough. He takes his time. He actually looks at everything and, you know, processes and like he said, in, investigates it. And you can you can tell that because right? it's not he's not just brushing over things. There's discussions along the way about what things mean and how they could impact the buyer or the, the seller. Um, and th there's huge value in that. Right. Not not everybody provides that experience. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's absolutely right from the pre-inspection um, or a home inspection before you submit an offer, I'm sure you've done it too, Jen, as a buyer's agent. We've done it a handful yeah. of times. Um, there's different ways to get that home inspection done uh, so you feel yeah. at ease, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what he mentioned there, just having the, the agent, the inspector go in 
for your appointment and looking at the major elements, right? The structure, mechanical, electrical, like we talked about, that should be enough peace of mind to know that there's no big costs that we can indicate right off the bat, right? Furnace is good, AC is good, all that sort of stuff um, to at least make your buyers feel a bit more comfortable. Um, So I, I think that was a smart, for the home inspectors that did that, I think it was a smart way to pivot their business during that time, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Faye has an interesting question here. And I think what Faye's uh, uh, meaning, sorry, let me read it. Do you ever check with the town to see if there are, have been uh, any files? And what I believe Faye's asking if any any work, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Work judgments or anything like that. Permits? Against the permits uh, against, the, mm-hmm. against the home because we've run into that sometimes. And usually through mm-hmm. the initial walkthrough or even with a home inspection, you can see if an addition was built uh, or altered, the home has been altered. And it's always worth the question from the realtor. I'd say, you know, was a home or a a permit pulled for tearing out this load bearing wall, for instance. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think a a way to approach that too, I think from, I don't want to answer for Ben, but from that home inspector's perception and perspective would be that they would maybe indicate that, hey, this is an addition or this doesn't look original to the rest of the home, which would then allow us as the realtors to ask those bigger questions um, or go do due diligence at the town or whatever we need to do for our clients at that point, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Have you ever Mm -hmm. done a home inspection and walked away from the sale? Yes. More than yes. once. Yeah. yeah. Likewise. Yeah. 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 I, I, I always like, it's always a tough one, right? Cause you want to try and find a middle ground and I will always, I've, I don't think I've ever kind of had one where I've just fully been like, we're out right off the bat. Right. I, I don't think I've ever had that. Maybe it's hard to remember all of them. I've definitely gone back and kind of tried to negotiate as best I could. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and then, and then sure. if it hasn't worked out, been like, okay, well, you know, we can't come to a common ground. And a question for you: Have you ever had a deal fall apart from a home inspection where what was flagged was a relatively minor issue, um, but we couldn't, you couldn't kind of keep it together even with that minor concern? Yeah, I guess it all depends what's minor. For instance, mm-hmm. we had yeah. one where. Um, it was one of these strange, it wasn't strange. It was a normal, I think it was a, a, yeah, detached home, but a three-story home and we couldn't see the roof from the street nor any, anywhere. And we Mm. put our, we put our, our, um, offer in, got accepted. Buyers loved it. Home inspection came and the roof had to be done like today. Oh no. That's the worst. So, and, and a roof on the home that size was probably about ten thousand, give or take, yeah. you know, whatever. And neither side was willing to budge. Neither wow. side was willing to budge on it. Okay. So, yeah. Um, we didn't. Yeah, that, didn't that's pretty. With it. That's, yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't either. That's a big. That's a big cost, right? Yeah. And especially um, when the home. Yeah. Was, I mean, this was probably seven-ish years ago. I mean, it's all relative the home pri- to the home price, and the home price would have been yeah. you know five hundred thousand. So, it was you know it was a lot yeah. more for them to to come up to the table with. Um, I've I've been the shortest home inspection that I've ever done was on a was on a triplex for me personally to <laughs> purchase, and um, it lasted maybe fifteen minutes. 
<laughs> Did you buy it? Nope. <laughs> we walked right <laughs> out of there and went and we went for chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're done here. This is over. It was yeah. the foundation was falling apart. The floor joists on the first floor were all rotted. And the home yeah. inspector's like, this is you're opening a can of worms here. And we yeah. walked. Yeah, yeah, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I've had stuff like that come up with with clients, never for myself personally, but with with clients, investors, where you, you come up with some interesting properties, right? Especially when you're working with someone who likes to do flips, because mm -hmm. they obviously are looking for those diamonds in the rough or those properties that need a little extra love. And uh, they often come with those bigger surprises, right? Because they just haven't been maintained or um, we're lucky when you find it before you close. It's oftentimes when you start gutting it that you find it. But yeah, as you know, of, here. speaking of finding it, uh, Mary has an interesting story here. So Mary writes, uh, my last house had a giant hole in the roof over the porch that was covered by a tree. We didn't know until we removed the tree two years later, home inspector never saw it. That's oh my crazy. God. <laughs> That is crazy. That's nuts. That's wow. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the tree was doing a good job. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trees. Oh my god. We've, we've had, uh, you know, people love trees and, and maybe one of the things mm -hmm. we should have asked Ben is they can just wreak havoc on home, especially if the tree yeah. grows over the, you know, over the roof and the shingles and it'll, It'll turn your shingles, mm -hmm. your 25 year shingles into five year shingles pretty quickly. Anyways, interesting yep. story yep. there, Mary. Absolutely. That's a good one. Mary's always <laughs> good is, for a couple of that stories. Is a good like one. That. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Very good. I can't believe I, the home that was missed in a home inspection. That's wild. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, very mm -hmm. good. Okay. Uh, speaking of Mary, so we, uh, we talked about this last week, Jen, and um, Mary's leading us in the walk from Aurora all the way up to Tobamori, which is 307 kilometers. It's the Get Wellness Program or Summer Wellness Program, I should say. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you started last week, you only had to walk just shy of four kilometers a day to make that happen. But it's kind of a fun little, um, we'll call it contest, because I'm sure some people are going to turn it into a contest, the Colin Campbell's absolutely. of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? But, yeah, uh, Colin yeah, and get, Vincent are competing somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can you can hit that URL. It is a lot of fun. You can track each other and what and just submit your your. Um, I was going to call it mileage, but I guess that's what it is. Every day or <laughs> once a week, and uh, I like doing it once a week because everyone thinks I'm doing useless or I'm not doing it. Then all of a sudden, my numbers go up a lot every week. So I, <laughs> you're on to me now, Mary. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay, so Jen, Form 127, let's roll into that conversation. All right, let's do it. Okay, first of all, what is it? Form yeah, Form 127 is the form that we use to uh, have our clients acknowledge that they have chosen not to put particular conditions into an offer. So when we're in multiples and, you know, we're, we're working with a buyer and they don't want to, obviously we don't want to do a home inspection. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Um, and we don't want to, um, you necessarily have a financing condition or we're not able to, whatever that looks like in this scenario, there's a form that was created, um, that it's an acknowledgement of removal of conditions and the, the buyer will actually initial and sign it stating that they are aware that they're choosing not to put those conditions in the offer. 
right? Um, and so, and so that's essentially what it what it is and the purpose of it. And the question around it, and you know, Gary, I, I want to, I'd love to hear your response to this. Is there's always the two methods when it comes to removing conditions from an offer. There's the you know, the original method of where we exit out and we have our client's initial beside it. And then there's the newer paperwork method where we have form 127 um, completed by our clients in advance and we don't put the terms into the offer whatsoever. So, you know, the question that comes up often in coaching and in conversations with agents is, you know, which one is the better approach uh, and which one, you know, which one should we do and why, right? Yeah, it's, thanks for giving me another loaded question. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I, first of all, we're here to protect our clients, right? Mm-hmm. And and having the thorough conversation around what, you know, in this case, we're talking about home inspection, what it means that they don't do one. And for our perspective, uh, to get that in writing, I think is, you know, I'll use a fancy word, paramount, right? It, it's important <laughs> hey, to, you like that? I know. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's my word of the week. Um, it's important <laughs> that they understand what that means and, and using form mm-hmm. 127 is going to, is going to provide that. Uh, now mm-hmm. it, here's the interesting piece. It, that doesn't cover you for every offer you submit. It's very specific to the offer that you're submitting, right. Or the address that you're yep. submitting. Um, it's interesting because you could argue, one might argue that it's already in the purchase and sale agreement. I think it's, um, I don't think, in fact, I know, cause I had it up here earlier. In fact, clause 13 of the preprinted clauses on the Ontario real estate yeah. association form. Um, it's actually in there to say that the buyer acknowledges that they have an opportunity to do a home inspection and they're choosing not to. And Mm -hmm. um, Marvin Alexander, the owner of our brokerage, in fact, lobbied really hard for that a number of years ago. So that would be entered. And I think the only way to take it a step further, which would be even better if there were initial marks beside it for the buyer. Right. To say that they've acknowledged Acknowledged that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can go ahead and do that today, but I think, excuse me, I think the the next best case scenario for you is using form 127 and, Mm -hmm. and it can be used not only for inspections, it can be used for any type of, um, uh, clause or sort of condition like a financing or inspection condition, um, you know, and things like that. Insurance, anything like that. Yeah. And I think, um, one of the things that I always found interesting was the way that I was introduced to this forum. Um, and this is something that yeah, I'm going to fully disclose right now. We need to qualify this with, you know, Christine or Andrew, our broker of records. Um, but when the form was first introduced, the way that I was taught about it was that there had been some RICO cases um, where the agent had written the clause in and had their client exit out an initial beside it. And when the, it went in front of the tribunal, the client basically said, I didn't understand what I was removing. And so the client, the agent then proceeded to lose that argument, essentially. And so Form 127 was a way to say, I have read it. It has been explained to me and I am agreeing to remove it. So it has that extra level of protection when it comes to issues with RICO or anything like that. Now, again, that's how it was explained to me. And, you know, I, I need, I think we should verify it or, you know, have 
maybe check in with Andrew or Christine or whoever to confirm that. Uh, that's that's how I was taught why that one form is a better form of protection versus just removing it. You bring up a great point with Clause 13, though, that it's kind of already stated there. So if that's right or not, now, you know, now I'm starting to question that. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, that was that's how it was introduced to me. I think that's a fair comment. Um, albeit, though, you know, it's kind of an easy out for any buyer or seller to say, well, I, mm -hmm. it, it was here, but I didn't understand it. However, yeah, from our perspective, maybe, maybe that's a good um, moment, you know, about, you know, as you're explaining things, do they understand? Ask, ask our clients if they understand and having them sign off and stuff is incredibly important because um, yeah. there's, there's a lot of pre-printed clauses in our offers and we just kind of hear, hear schedule A, this is what I put in, sign here and here and here. Um, mm -hmm. It's, that's kind of where I see a lot of agents default to, but there is, there's, you know, not one more clause that's more important than the other. However, if you're not doing an inspection, uh, clause 13 should be highlighted, bolded, <laughs> fireworks, yeah. everything. Initialed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. For sure. It's such an interesting one, right? Because we want to make sure we're we're protected, yet we don't want to scare the clients. And, you know, there's that balance of how to have those conversations effectively without making them feel that there's something serious that they're not necessarily doing and yet it is something serious so it's just it's such a funny position as an agent in these multiple markets to try and navigate that conversation right yeah yeah for sure mm -hmm. for sure um let's go to the insurance clause let's 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 talk about that one next And I say this one next because it literally is next in the purchase and sale agreement by fluke <laughs> <laughs> number 14. So here's, here's what happened. Here's the scenario that I'm going to provide and, and the incredible learning that I got from it about six or seven years ago, there is an insurance clause in our purchase and sale agreement. And, um, in fact, I remember having a conversation, I think with, with, your Dylan uh, about this maybe a month or two ago, and we talked pretty in depth about it. Yeah, th right. That'd be about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. sorry right timeline. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and and basically <laughs> to sum it all up, uh, there's an insurance clause to say that the seller uh, will hold insurance on the property if it already exists. So it's not telling them that they have to. But I mean, if you own a property, you're going to. And the way it's kind of written like that is, you might have. Um, vacant land. Well, there wouldn't be something, there wouldn't be anything to insure on that, for instance, but that's the way it's kind of written. Mm -hmm. And here's where it gets interesting. Um, so 99% of the time, there's going to be insurance on that property. And what happens if there is substantial damage to the property while under contract to you as the buyer? Meaning you've firmed up on yeah. a property, you're waiting to close and it closes in a month or two or whenever tomorrow doesn't matter. Um, what happens to you as the buyer and to this and to the, the, the contract. So, yeah. as I, as I so, mentioned, go ahead, Jen. Yeah. I was just going to say, we talked about this earlier and my answer previous to Gary's informative education that I got was that the seller would be responsible for fixing any damages, providing the home in the same condition it was purchased. 
and and that would be it that it would just that the deal would st is a still a deal it's just that the seller would have to fix it right that was what i thought would be the right answer yeah and mm -hmm. and it, it is the right answer with some caveats to it right uh yep and the 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 wording in there is in the event of substantial damage now what's substantial to me a door handle has broken off and i don't know how to do fix that to there's a whole flood in the basement <laughs> what's the difference right um and, and maybe maybe a fair comment to that is if it can go through insurance or if you know if you're going to go through ins your insurance and provide a claim uh, that would be substantial damage so here's the interesting mm -hmm. thing as a buyer you are in full control 100 percent control the seller is not in this case so i'll yeah. use my scenario and i thought i'd shared this story with jen but i was i was fortunate enough to be on another uh podcast last week and i shared it there so i was doing the uh i was the seller's agent and the buyer's agent so I'll just throw another curveball into this story uh, i show up for the home inspection we had it sold to my buyer we showed up for the home inspection to the classic 1950s semi bungalow with a basement suite, right? One of my favorite type of properties to purchase as mm -hmm. an investor. And I'm opening yep. the door. It's, it's probably end of February and it had been minus 20 for like 18 weeks in a row. <laughs> One of those. Oh man. Right. Yeah. And, um, I, I open up the door and I, I, I hear what I, what I think is the shower running. And I think to myself, <laughs> this isn't good because this is a vacant property. <laughs> There's nothing in it, no furniture, <laughs> nothing. And then, you know, when you have that moment of, yeah. uh oh, I know what's going on. And I run downstairs and sure enough, uh, I think it was right over the kitchen, the basement kitchen. It was just, it was a shower <laughs> to say the least. And yeah. the water was pouring oh, right, out of the, right, out, right out of the pipes. So you quickly quickly figured out how to turn the, uh, the main water off and make a few phone calls and the pipes had froze and had probably been flooding for yeah. at least a few days. So uh, there was no, uh, there wasn't inches of water. It, it had all been soaking up, but there were certainly lots of puddles and it was nasty. It was terrible. Make a long story short, um, here's what happens in, in a situation like that. Um, if we had been firm on that property, the buyer would have been in full control. And, and I'll explain it to you like this. Uh, and when there's a flood like that, the buyer has the absolute right to walk away from the transaction and get their full deposit back with no deductions, or they can, hmm. they can take the insurance claim themselves it can be um, directed to them so they can fix it the buyer upon closing and it actually says that in clause 14 now here's where it gets a little murky i'll say is if your if the buyer's lender finds out there is an insurance claim on it and especially during a flood for instance uh, they may not want to lend on a property that's had that type of damage so you can kind of see how all of right. a sudden it gets a little murky or confusing. So uh, what yeah. we did in this case, we actually pushed the closing date out and and had the, the homeowner, the current homeowner, the seller, uh, repair it back to where it was. And of course, we, you know, we ended up with, you know, new kitchen cabinets and things like that. So that's that's yeah. exactly what we did, but it, it's in, it is interesting. I know, um, in fact, you know, we've heard other stories of, you know, basically the day before closing, there is a, a leak 
through the ceiling of you know somebody that we know really well, Jen, and it basically destroyed the entire kitchen because it had rained incredibly heavily uh, that day wow. and destroyed yeah. you know an entire kitchen. However, they still went through with the closing and 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 they were able to use the previous owner's insurance money to go fix all that stuff, which is really cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. So that was those were the two things that I didn't know that the buyer could choose to just walk away, um, which is kind of crazy, right? To think that and it makes sense, um, but also a little scary, I guess, or concerning. And then, you know, my brain automatically goes to the the lending parks. Like, okay, so I could get the insurance money which is a good option because now I can do how I want to do it. If I'm going to renovate, I can pick what I like. So that's, that's awesome as a buyer. Um, but if the lenders find out then I might not get lending on the property. And so then if you want to know whether you will or not, you'd still have to ask your lender. So how do you like, do you just roll the dice? Like it's, it's a weird catch 22, right? It's definitely a mortgage broker question. And it all depends on when it mm-hmm. happens too. Right. Um, yeah, and there might yeah. be different stipulations you can get written into the mortgage charge, for instance. And like, for instance, you're just buying a property that has knob and tube wiring in it or aluminum wiring right. in it. Right. And, and they give you mm-hmm. X amount of days to after closing X amount of days to remediate that. So there might be some, right. some things around that that could be negotiated with the mortgage broker and the lender, for instance. Um, yeah. yeah, but all and things, the insurance I mean, company too. Exactly. And these are all things, mm-hmm. it's all right there in the pre-printed clauses. And I'm sure we could go through each and every one of them and have a kind of a unique story around it, but it's good to review them from time to time. So when you are yeah. asked by a buyer or seller, what does that mean? Um, you don't have to sit there <laughs> trying to, you know, circle the wagons and try and figure out what it does mean. Yeah. Uh, Remember of- what, what was that story Gary told? That <laughs> yeah. <one time>? yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. Really, yeah. Really and good to know, right. It's really good to know because sometimes you do get those buyers that are more nervous or more, um, you know, I don't want to say high C, but you know, more detail oriented, let's phrase it that way. And they do ask a lot of those questions and for a vacant property, especially over the winter months with our weather, you know, frozen pipes can burst. That is a thing if the home isn't being monitored and maintained properly. So, when those questions come up now you can answer it professionally and with, with proper guidance. Right. So yeah. I think it's, it is important to know what those, what those clauses state. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, there's another, here, here's some good advice, especially during the winter months. And if you have a vacant property uh, in the winter months, we've had to do this from time to time with a number of units that we own is if it's mm-hmm. vacant, uh, we keep a logbook in the property to say that we were there because what it what if it's vacant for uh, a lot here's the thing if you have an investment property and your insurance provider um, most riders at this moment or policies i should say uh, it'll be it can be vacant up to, to typically up to 30 days not all the time but typically up to 30 days and it does nothing to your insurance but there's a lot of insurance mm-hmm. policies out there once it once it's day 31 it negates your insurance if it's vacant. Mm. So that's why you have to have a very regiment um, habit of going and checking in on the property or at the very least let your insurance broker know or, or policyholder know that it's vacant and you're going to be checking up on it. Um, that's entirely right. different conversation that we can have one day, but there's a lot of yeah. insurance. A lot of investors will go out 
and and ask their typical home insurance provider to add insurance on their new second investment or their first investment, and it's not their appropriate invest or appropriate insurance. Jen, we are going to have a conversation around that for sure. That's a that's yep. a topic that I've studied over and over again, as you can probably <laughs> imagine from from our yeah. investment days. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure you've been just learned by doing right. The amount of properties you guys have had, I'm I'm sure you've just like real estate or anything else, the more you're in it, the more you learn, right? You just get exposed to so much stuff. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, Very good. Okay. Last one. Uh, we'll just jump right to it. irrevocable time. And what does irrevocable mean? So you had a really interesting question um, earlier this week that you rang me up with. And I'm like, yeah, that is a good question uh, about the irrevocable time and, and, and an offer mm-hmm. sign back and so forth. So let me preface yep. it by this. What, Here's my, you know me in English. It typically doesn't go together. (laughs) (laughs) But here's what irrevocable means. If we start there, let's start the conversation there, Jen. Irrevocable simply means not able to change. Yeah. (laughs) Non-revocable. Exactly. (laughs) It's final. (laughs) Yes. It's final. So... Talk to me about the scenario you had earlier this week. And it was a good question, really good question, because yeah. the agent was trying to be creative. And, and we give all kudos to the agent for for thinking outside the box and being creative, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it was creative enough that, you know, I called you. I was like, I think I know the answer to this, but can you just confirm that I'm, I'm approaching this the right way? So the question was that, you know, um, it was a listing and an offer was come, had come in on the listing with an irrevocable time of, I believe it was 9 p.m., I'm pretty certain. Um, and the seller was trying to figure, the seller's agent was trying to figure out if we counter this offer and we give them, you know, a, an irrevocable till 11 and they say we're not going to accept it or they reject it, can we still accept the original offer with the irrevocable of 9 o'clock? Yeah, I think the times were reversed on that, in fact. Were they reversed? Okay, yeah, yeah. that would make more sense. The buyer submitted an offer with with 11 o'clock irrevocable, but you want to, not you, but the agent thought, what if we do an offer with the earlier irrevocable time? A nine o'clock, yeah, and that's right. And then if they don't accept it or they don't counter it, then we can still accept the 11 o'clock irrevocable because we'll have that two-hour window to, to make that choice. So the question was, can I do that? Right. Get, can I send it back and then still have that other live offer, basically? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you're watching and and and, um, you know, you're thinking about oh, how do I get creative and how do I be creative? I mean, that's one way to to think outside the box. But what what where Jen had already landed was, you know, the moment that the the other side doesn't matter if you're the buyer or the seller, the moment you change the offer is it you've changed the offer, it becomes a, a brand new offer, right? And yeah. that previous offer we get from a, a legal standpoint is now off the table. It doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Yeah. 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 So unfortunately, as creative as it was, uh, and as smart, when you think about it, it was it was a smart way to look at it. Uh, that once you change that irrevocable, and you give them that counter offer, the original offer doesn't exist. Um, so you you would have nothing to go back to because it's been altered. Right? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other thing that's been coming up this week too, Jen, I've, I'm seeing it in some of the, uh, the Facebook groups is multiple offers. I'm the buyer. I submit an offer to you, Jen, and I'm one of five, mm-hmm. for instance. 
um, irrevocable, you know, I submit it this afternoon, irrevocable is, is nine o'clock yet. I want to renege. I want to, I want to redact or take back my offer. Can I do that? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you cannot. No. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Hard, hard no, as you said, Gary, <laughs> that's right. A hard no. Yeah, that's right. Hard no. Yeah, I do. I have a good story to tell you about that okay. though, actually. Yeah. So, so funny talking about our own experiences. Um, so most people in our brokerage at least know Dylan and I sold our, our townhouse and bought our, our new house over the last six months or so. And when we were, when we had offers on our townhouse, um, we had, we ended up with like 20 offers or something ridiculous like that. It was in the, the peak of all that crazy nonsense. And, uh, we, we had it, we went through a couple of rounds and we got down to two offers and the, the two offers were very, very similar. We had, you know, almost identical in every way. There were some things we liked about one, some we liked about the other. And there was about a thousand dollar, I would I think it was discrepancy in the price point. And, you know, we were, we were in a good position. Um, the offer that we were actually going to work with called us at, I don't know what time it was, but their irrevocable was still valid. Uh, and this was after hours of negotiating with all of these offers that they called us and said, I'm so sorry. My, my buyer just called me and said, they don't want to go through with the purchase. They want to stay in the town that they live in. Please don't accept our offer. That was what literally the phone call we got at like, the last minute two offers luckily we we the other offer was an equally solid offer um there were things we liked more about it you know they they both had their pros and cons so it was easy for us to say you know what thanks for letting us know because we didn't want you to not show up with a deposit check tomorrow that would be way worse but you know in different circumstance that could have ended poorly for that buyer right because the irrevocable was a valid irrevocable we had every right to accept it as the best offer now obviously we at that point didn't want to however you know and and the agent it felt bad for the guy because he had to make that phone call he knew what was happening how you know it was a terrible call to be making and all of that and yeah it was it was quite i'd never had that happen before it's just like what the heck you know but um, it worked out, so it was all good, and we were lucky. But you know, I, I could imagine that happening, and that being the best offer by, you know, twenty or thirty thousand dollars, that buyer might not want to let that go, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I, I, as the buyer buyer's agents, I mean, that's important for us to educate our our clients to say, you know, once this is sent, um, it's sent. <laughs> we're yeah. we're on the hook yeah. at least until that irrevocable time has expired. And then from the yeah. seller side, yeah, to your point, like, you know, if you get wind of a buyer not standing behind their offer and you're in a multiple buyer situation, multiple offer situation, why, why even mm -hmm. accept that? Yeah. Right? Let's yeah. <laughs> work with the offers that are going to do the things that they say they're going to do. Right. Yeah. They're going to show up with a deposit the next day or, yeah. or that night or whatever that looks like. Right. I mean, the thing about that, I guess, and this is a whole other conversation too. Once the agent has notified us that they don't want to go through with it, we can prove that they didn't have intent when they submitted the offer. Right. So now you get into a whole deposit debate, but that being set aside. Yeah. When, when you're in that multiple scenario, yeah, you know, go with the guys that want the house. Exactly. And, and take this a step further <laughs> yeah. too. In fact, there was a question that I saw out there. One of the forums is if there were five out offers and uh, one of them wanted to retract their offer, is there now only four offers? Well, mm. actually, no, there's still five. 
there are yeah. still five from the legal standpoint and you still have to obviously tell all five um, um, buyer agents that that's, that's the amount. Right. And, and right. just, just because one says they want it off the table, doesn't mean it changes the number of offers that have been submitted. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's still it's still val a valid offer in play until that irrevocable time passes. You that's that's what you need to know, right? You yeah. got it. Irrevocable, not able to change. <laughs> Non-revocable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Very good, Jen. Very good. So we got yeah, lots going on over the next uh, couple of weeks before you know. I always think July is the official start of summer. I know that's not quite proper, but to me, that's what it it's is. Funny. I, I always think it's like June. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very yeah. good. And we got lots in store over the summer. I know uh, we'll have uh, a few less streams, but still maybe less streams, double the amount of content. I don't know what that means, Jen, but maybe that's something. That <laughs> I don't know with. either. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so look out for the schedule coming forward over the next uh, few weeks. And, and we still have a lot of mm -hmm. great things on our uh, education calendar for the rest of June. I know a week tomorrow is our team meeting. And uh, we're putting mm -hmm. together a lot of fun things for that. And and Jen, we might be doing a different format. So there's you might want to tune in to see what the new format's going to be like. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll have some fun with it. Yeah. And yeah. um yeah, I, I wish everybody a fantastic rest of the week. Um, mm -hmm. All sorts of good stuff happening in and around the market. So stay tuned for um, for that means all great stuff around our brokers. Here, let, let's do this, Jen. We've had a fantastic, uh, it, today it, we're officially halfway through the month, right? And yeah. uh, to date, um, unofficially, Jen and I can share with you that we've had now eight people join Keller Williams Realty Center. So uh, kudos and a yeah. big shout out to those eight people. Uh, we say unofficially because the paperwork's not all been completed yet, but we're this close and that's always exciting times, right, Jen? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's so, uh, it's so fun when, when you get to the point where agents are just seeing the value in what we're doing and, and just excited to join us. Right. It just, it just, uh, it makes, it makes it easier and it, we get great people and we attract people that have like-minded thought processes. And, you know, it's just, we've just got so much stuff firing right now that, um, there's just, we have a lot to offer and I love it. It's such yeah. an easy conversation to have. Yeah. And we didn't, didn't, we got through almost the entire hour without mentioning yeah. it once, but now we will, Jen. <laughs> Where are you doing this podcast from? I am in the new studio. That's yeah. right. That's right. So maybe yeah. next week we do a little tour of the studio, all the fancy disco lights and everything else that we got in there. Yeah. And I set it up myself, Gary. <laughs> that is <laughs> With amazing. a little help, with a little help from you, but I did, you know, so that's, I am not a techie person. So that's, that says a lot about how easy it is. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. So uh, very good. So uh, of course, thanks to Ben Serling. Reach out to him uh, for your inspection questions and, and uh, opportunities for your clients as well. Uh, that's Jen Silbernagel. I'm Gary McGowan. We'll see everybody on the next show. Bye for now. Bye, guys. <laughs>